and this is an area where I feel like the the functional fitness community uh, will probably get mad at me, but um... welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Hey guys, welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. My name is Dr. Max LePage, and I am here with Dr. Troy Cuck. What's going on, guys? And this is going to be the um, installment of the Return from Rehab series where we discuss modifications we would make to upper body pull movements. So that would be anything from like a bent over barbell row, dumbbell rows, uh, any kind of rowing movement. Um, this could also include like an actual uh, ski erg or a rower, like a concept two rower, or pull-ups, vertical pulls, pull-downs, things like that. Um, we're going to talk about what obviously some of the common issues are that would force you to need to modify those things. And then within that context, we'll talk about some of the considerations we make, things that we actually would do to modify some of that based on what might be going on. Again, like a lot of the other episodes that we've talked on these subjects on, um, it's important to recognize that we can't address any specific individual injury, just given the variation that there are from person to person. Um, And so this is just generally speaking in the context of these issues. And if you need to seek the help of a qualified medical provider, please do so. Um, You can always feel free to reach out to us at Precision Performance uh, if you need a little bit more guidance on what the next step for you should be. Um, So Troy, when we're talking about upper body pull motions, rows, pull downs, in reality, these are things that I, I think we would both agree on. We have to modify less frequently than a lower body push, for example. I would agree with that. I feel like upper body pull, generally, there's not as many issues with it. Yeah, and I think part of that, uh, when we frame, like, okay, why are there generally less issues? Fewer people present to us and say, hey, I can't do this upper body pull motion. I feel like there's maybe two reasons for that. Um, One of them is I don't know of any barbell or training sport where an event in the sport includes an upper body pull movement. And what I mean by that is if you look at Olympic weightlifting, snatch and cleaner jerk are both upper body kind of presses, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Powerlifting, squat bench deadlift, there's no real pulling. Uh, It's all kind of pressing and then obviously two lower body movements. Um, So I think probably on average people train upper body pulls with less intent to progress Mm -hmm. um, as compared to maybe a bench press or a jerk or whatever Olympic lift they're training. Uh, And then at the same time, I think that probably they're just training it less overall in terms of volume and stuff. Yeah, my mind goes for a sport that uses a lot of pulling would be wrestling. Wrestling is a very pull-dominant sport, especially with the uppers. Right, so it's it's more like dynamic sports that you would see a lot of pulling right. with. Like maybe, I mean, rowing, obviously, obviously. as a sport is, is pulling. But when you're looking at specifically in the gym, mm-hmm. most people in the gym are either training just to look a certain way in which they are probably not caring about their back quite as much as they should, 
or they're training to perform specific lifts in competition, which pulling does not necessarily, you know, is not one of those lifts that they're competing in. So I think on average, it's probably trained less, which might be a reason that we run into fewer issues. I agree. Um, and then when we do run into issues, a lot of what you would see that would limit upper body pull motions would be low back pain if we're looking at doing some kind of a rowing motion. Um, lateral elbow pain will be a common thing associated with gripping, which probably would present itself on a lot of other movements as well, but it, it could be fairly common to see um, with rowing pull-ups, pull-downs, to see lateral elbow pain or tennis elbow, most people would know. Um, and then you may get some also bicep tendinopathy, which falls under that same tendinopathy umbrella as lateral elbow pain, which you could see kind of distally or close to the elbow, um, or you could see more proximally or up towards the shoulder presenting as a long head of biceps uh, tendinopathy. So those would be low back pain, lateral elbow pain, and biceps tendinopathy, the things that I would generally tend to see or tend to think about as being limiting factors for um, upper body pull motions. Really, other than that, maybe just some general shoulder tendinopathy like supraspinatus or other tendon-related pathology. Right. But um, Maybe a lat issue going on, but they're not super common. Yeah, and yeah, like again, these the things that affect upper body pull motions tend to be more fringe random things you know like mm -hmm. maybe you have a traumatic dislocation or a true shoulder instability that in some capacity limits you temporarily or any anything surgical or, or traumatic might limit you from pulling with your upper body but obviously outside of that when you're thinking of more overuse things or more just general pain things it's really elbow or shoulder tendinopathy and then maybe low back pain just in terms of limiting motion so when right. we're thinking of low back pain um this is an issue that I've run into myself as someone who's competed in both bodybuilding and powerlifting and has been something that when I've competed in powerlifting and have flared up my low back from pushing deadlift volume, pushing squat volume, and then I'll kind of shift my goals over a little bit more towards bodybuilding specific, some of the modifications I make to upper body pull motions tend to be fairly obvious. Rather than go with a kind of bent over a barbell row, I would tend to do something that has an upper body support to it. So something like a lawnmower, I used to call mm -hmm. them, but uh, just a kind of a bent row with a dumbbell on a bench where you have a hand and a knee on a bench. Um, this is where I tend to like machines. Um, having a, mach a row machine with chest support would be something I would go to. Uh, and then honestly, when you look at differentiating how much vertical versus horizontal pulling you're doing, I would tend to just lean towards doing more vertical pulls for a period of time while your low back kind of desensitizes and just calms down a little bit, just because vertical pulls tend not to, you know, load the lumbar structures quite as much as, as a horizontal pull. Um, what are some of the things that you might think about modifying if you have someone coming to you with low back pain or you have low back pain yourself? Um, and you're trying to get pulling volume in. Yeah, um, like you said, my first thing would be going for more of a chest-supported, decrease the stability demands of the exercise and get it through that. Um, you can also mess around with like bilateral versus unilateral. Obviously with a unilateral, you'd be going less weight, less load, so that may clear some things up. 
um, you can also use that time to work on any imbalances too, strength-wise, if you have that. But yeah, I think with low back pain, your go-to is going to be more of a supported or more of a base of support. Yeah. And I've actually found for myself like the opposite with the unilateral versus bilateral. I have done some stuff where I've been unilateral and just I guess because of the the load from a torque standpoint or from a torsional standpoint mm-hmm. at, at the spine just from having the load in one hand and not in the other and having to use your core to like prevent rotation there. Um, I've had I have seen that for myself be somewhat symptomatic, and then I would switch to something bilateral, and I I felt fine. Uh, but again, that's just like my own personal experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, when you're looking at low back, like you said, it's just about finding modifications to the movement that allow you to continue to train to some degree. Maybe being okay setting aside some of the progressions you've had on um, certain loaded movements before, and then saying like, hey, it's okay if I do. Uh, a rowing machine or if I just switch to a single dumbbell rather than doing the double dumbbell bent over row and the reality is again like because no one is really competing in a barbell row um, you probably don't need to be super specific with your exercise selection because you're not training for a specific movement so it's probably okay for you to switch and have a little bit more exercise variability there uh, because, again, the, the law of specificity is not as dominant in those movements just because you're not competing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the more difficult one is going to be, in my opinion, a lateral elbow tendinopathy. And this is where, given the fact that it's an upper extremity, and as anyone is listening, when you think of like upper versus lower, extremi- te- lower extremity tendinopathies, they tend to present similarly but also distinctly different. Um, and this was an area of research for me where I published a study on lateral elbow tendinopathy in um, grad school. And so I've spent some time looking at the difference between upper and lower extremity. And because you're using your upper body all the time throughout day-to-day life, getting dressed, preparing food, driving, it tends to be something that will be a little bit more sensitive throughout the day and just have a harder time calming down overall versus a knee where you might be able to choose to not walk a ton or choose to be fairly sedentary and lay off of that. Um, So people might come in with lateral elbow that seems pretty irritable. It seems pretty severe in terms of pain. Um, What are your things that you start to think of when someone presents with lateral elbow pain and you're like, man, how are we going to keep our pulling volume fairly high? Yeah. Um, Just with any tendinopathy, I think we need to get after that specifically do some isolated strengthening of whatever tendon it is with like a heavy slow resistance training um i think that's great for like a warm-up get that kind of done early on in the lift but as far as pulling goes i we can still continue to pull and we can take grip out of it too right so you could throw like a strap around the wrist and um, put it on the dumbbell or machine cable whatever it is and you can pull that way and that might clear up a lot of the the wrist extensors in this case reduce how much they're needed for the exercise right so the an area where like for the for the tendinopathy of the knee right of the patellar tendinopathy i rarely would recommend that someone use an offloading strategy so aggressive as like wrist straps are for pulling movements Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't tell someone hey don't squat at all or don't use your quad at all but for a pulling movement with a lateral elbow just given 
the degree of sensitivity of it because you use it throughout the day, that is actually a circumstance where, like you, I would say, let's throw straps on, let's continue to get a training effect, and let's essentially try to offload it 100% so that when you do the HSR stuff, the heavy, slow resistance kind of protocol, you actually have enough recoverability there because you're not constantly overloading it in the gym um, where you can actually start to make some headway on the resistance protocol and plus so you're taking the grip out of the upper extremity pull you're still going to be getting grip work in with all of your other lifts whether it's a lower pull um, an upper press anything like that you're still getting grip in yeah which can be one of the challenging parts of lateral elbow pain because it's like yeah I, i deadlift i feel it I bench, I feel it. I do any pulling movement, I feel it. I do any arms, I feel it. I do any shoulders, I feel it. There's very few injuries that can actually limit you that much in terms of the exercise you have available. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, before having elbow pain, they don't. They think that like, oh, back pain or knee pain is completely disabling. When in reality, like lateral elbow pain can actually be fairly disabling in terms of limiting your your options in the gym from what you can do. So. Yeah, I definitely would lean towards straps on pole movements. And if you have to use straps for every kind of movement that is aggravating, any pulling movement, upper or lower body, um, generally I would say people should be fine bench pressing or overhead pressing, mm-hmm. uh, just given the grip demands are slightly less. Um, and then that'll give you kind of the leeway to uh, institute some of the heavy, slow resistance stuff and actually have some room to progress that. Um, so yeah, for low back pain, you're looking at just offloading that and finding a way to, uh, give yourself some either chest support or upper extremity support with another hand lateral elbow. It's like, Hey, let's offload this completely. Let's throw some straps on or some versa grips, um, to offload the grip component of pulls and then institute direct heavy loading to that tendon. Um, And then what about if someone presents with like long head of biceps or just a general shoulder tendinopathy? What are some of the things you're thinking of there? Yeah, so for this one, it's I'm kind of going the other way, not unloading for this one. I think there's a few things that you can usually change up to keep moving with these. Um, As far as bicep tendon goes with upper pull, I find that it's usually just they're not setting the scat back and they're kind of getting that humoral head dumping forward when they're coming back into like shoulder extension so for that a lot of times i just like to cue you know setting the scat back before you row kind of getting that retraction of the scat and then sometimes even just saying like keep a little bit of daylight between your side and your elbow sometimes i'll even put a fist there so that they're they keep their elbow off of their side and that kind of allows you to get that retraction with the scap and kind of good humoral uh, rhythm as you're coming back. If they are kind of having the anterior shoulder pain when they're in like full extension, then I may limit range of motion. I'll just say pull it right to your side. I'll put my hand there so it stops their arm and they'll just pull to the side, gradually progressing back as they kind of regain control strength in that range. Yeah, and and this is one of the areas where there's obviously a lot of controversy looking at like scapular mechanics, how relevant are they to pain and to getting out of pain. Um, and in general, I tend not to look at that stuff with a like a ton of weight in my exam in terms of, you know, how the scapula is moving. Uh, 
but this actually is a circumstance where I feel like I put more stock in it because if you are having a biceps tendon irritation or really any shoulder tendinopathy irritation, you do want to identify like, are you maybe shifting stress to that specific region or those specific tissues in a way that is not conducive to you getting an appropriate load there and having a good enough capacity? So when you're looking at like the the ceiling for someone's capacity when it when their tendon will maximize what it can handle and then afterwards become kind of sensitized from any additional loading. Um, it's important to consider like, am I putting myself in a good position not to shift unnecessary stress there? So like you said, I'll play around with maybe shifting your shoulder blade back and down helps. Maybe even someone who is shifting it too far back and down and keeping their elbow too tight. Maybe at that person, I'm like, hey, just chill a little bit. Like let your shoulder blade move a little bit more kind of normally and, and don't alter the kinematics too much artificially. So uh, it'll kind of depend, but that is an area where I'll explore like, hey, what position is my shoulder in? And then even the same thing, like you said, the elbow, and this can be relevant for shoulder or elbow tendinopathy is like, am I keeping it too tight to my body? Can I flare a little bit? Does a supinated grip change versus a pronated, just given the change in bicep activation you'll have uh, based on that kind of wrist position. So those are all things that I'll look at. But like you said, I'm not necessarily offloading a ton. I'm not looking to completely, you know, like, like with the elbow and using straps, I'm not necessarily looking to do that with the shoulder. Um, it'll just be about finding what's the appropriate dose to kind of start things off and then progressing from there. And what are the movements that give me the best tolerance early on? Yeah. And I think another one with the like anterior shoulder pain with pulling, it kind of is what we talked about with the upper extremity push one too. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's already up, but with a pull up. So you're still getting that overhead. We're doing a pull exercise instead of a push now, but a lot of times you still run into that kind of impingement position. So just like we did with the upper extremity push, how we recommended switching to like a landmine where you're not quite as elevated um, in the front, you could go to like a, um, a lat pull down, like a cable lat pull down, or even a moto row. So you're still able to get the lat, get the arm up overhead, but maybe not as high of, a, of an angle as the pull up. Yeah, and this is an area where I feel like the, the functional fitness community I will probably get mad at me, but um, when you're looking at like CrossFit and that style of training where there generally is a very narrow kind of like amount of equipment that they have available to them, most CrossFit gyms are bars and racks, right? A couple like there's obviously some kettlebells, maybe a few bands that they occasionally rig up on a, a rack and try to do some pull downs or something else. But uh, this is an area where I feel like having access to not necessarily machines, but at least like a cable tower uh, can be particularly helpful just given how much variability you have between angles of cables and the load that you can apply, the way you can apply it. You can be much more precise, I think, with your loading um, with cables. So it's, an, it's something to consider when you're looking at functional fitness. There's always stuff that you can do just with body weight, plates, kettlebells, and dumbbells. Um, but it certainly is nice to have a little bit more than just that when you're trying to 
figure out ways to continue to load and to continue to uh, make some progress. So um, is there anything else you wanted to add to the shoulder elbow? Mm-hmm. I think that was it. Yeah, so the, those are, again, like we kind of introduced this topic as this is not something that is usually limited to the same degree as some of the other movements that you might see in the gym. Generally, you're looking at something like a low back pain where you have to make modifications, you know, just as from the movement in general to shift stress away from there and to allow you to continue to get a training effect. And then with lateral elbow pain, it's more can I offload, introduce straps, and then address the elbow as I go on. So again, I can continue to get a training effect. And then for the shoulder, it's looking at maybe certain positions or certain modifications to the movements themselves that will allow you to shift stress differently and progressively address that issue through loading over time. Um, But most of this stuff tends to be more limiting with some of the other uh, areas that we've already addressed or certain other movement patterns we've already addressed. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to those if they seem like they may be a little bit more relevant to you and what you have going on. Uh, Again, as with all this stuff, this is general recommendations or general kind of um, ideas. So if you're having any specific issues that you feel you need evaluated by a medical provider, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can always find me on Instagram at maxlepage.dpt and Troy. Mine is troy.cuck.dpt. And hopefully we can get any questions answered for you or get you set up with a consultation or an appointment to come in and uh, get evaluated by us. So. Again, if anyone has any questions, reach out to us on there. Otherwise, we hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals? If you're interested in any one of these, please email John at J-O-N at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.